Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Michael Branvold, and as always, I'm joined by Jay Gilbert. And this is take two. (laughs) 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 Beautiful technology. We started this and got about two minutes down the road, and I just noticed our recorder just crapped out on us. So if I keep looking off to the side, it's me watching the meters to make sure the recording is going here. The show must go on. The show must go on. So, Jay, we've got a special guest today. We do. Matt Adele um, has uh, a great uh, deal of uh, music business experience to draw from. I'm thrilled that he's with us today. He's worked with Music Now. He's worked with Amazon. I met him when he was working at Napster as the VP of Music Services there. He went on to work for uh, Beatport, was their chief operating officer there. He's done a lot of things. Um, Welcome, Matt. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Excellent. Well, give us a little bit of a, a background. I mean, I just mentioned uh, some of your sordid past, but you've been around for a while and done a lot of different things. Uh, tell us uh, a little bit about where you've been and the journey that brought you here. Yeah, I mean, other than scooping some ice cream and making some coffees uh, in sixth grade for minimum wage, uh, I've been in the music business my whole life. I started working at my first record store, I think, in about 82 or 83, and uh, my whole life has been about uh, records uh, since then. Um, I feel very lucky to still be in the business. I'm yeah. sure, as you guys know, a lot of people we grew up with have uh, had to move on to other things uh, to make a living. Yeah, That's right. That's right. Well, tell us a little bit about Metapop. Um, I've, I've looked at it. You know, from what I can see, you know, at a high level, it looks like a great place to kind of browse and discover remixes. But more importantly, I don't think I've ever seen a place where you can go and kind of remix tracks legitimately. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, I uh, uh, I love remixes myself. Uh, and, you know, a lot of them on the Internet are are bootlegs uh, for folks who don't know a remix. Uh, is when someone takes an existing piece of audio and alters it in some way that that personalizes it or hopefully creates something new and some new meaning. Um, I I can see behind you guys uh, what incredible uh, backgrounds you have in the music business. I notice Kiss records in the background there, Nirvana records in the background of your guys' offices. All those acts are acts that whose music has been remixed without their permission. Uh, and shared across the internet. And our goal at Metapop is to unleash more creativity and create revenue for the original creators, the original songwriters and and performers. Young people in particular um, don't necessarily understand the complexity of copyright law. Uh, People who want to be creative are just interested in being creative. You know, I I think... To, to that statement, I think a lot of musicians don't even understand copyright law, and and yeah. and, and maybe that's why um, it could be fair to say a lot of musicians don't understand that these remixes are actually not legal. They don't understand what's going they're on. Unauthorized, they're unauthorized. Right? Yeah, exactly. And, and they're not participating financially, if that's the case. For example. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite remixes, which I've, I've listened to a hundred times, it's called Uptight Maggie, and it's 
um, mm-hmm. Uptight by Stevie Wonder, you know, mixed with Rod Stewart's Maggie May, and it's it's fantastic on its own. It's just a, and and we've all got our favorites, right? Mm-hmm. And I would love for that to be available for folks. What, what's kind of the path if I if I come to Metapop and let's say I'm a remixer, are you securing those uh, permissions and licenses on my behalf? We are. We don't. What we don't do today is we don't go and secure licenses on an individual track-by-track basis. So we're not a clearinghouse yet for people to bring any remix they want to make in and have us go clear it. You know, the challenge in this in, in this particular space is trying to clear one remix at a time is a losing battle. It's hard to get the attention of the right people. Uh, they want advances. There's a negotiation. I'm a big believer that in this space, as soon as you have to have a phone call, basically you're never going to get a deal done. And so what we're focused on is we do bulk deals with our rights holder partners. Uh, They make available any portion of their catalog they want to make available. It's voluntary system. And uh, once they've made that material available through our system, we do two things for them. One we reach out to YouTube and other platforms and make sure that those remixes are being monetized and managed properly uh, for the original uh, creators of the music. Uh, And we take a small uh, sliver of the revenue that's generated from those those remixes. We don't do any takedowns. We're not in the takedown business. There are other companies who are perfectly good at that. We're all about monetizing this behavior and unleashing creativity. And remixers can come to our site and see all of the music that we've pre-cleared for remixing. So if you remix something that we've pre-cleared for remixing, the remixers guaranteed that after they spend a week or more making a great remix, that that remix won't be taken down from YouTube and SoundCloud. That's the most important thing to remixers is not spend a lot of time making something that's going to get ripped down. And then also the remixer gets a chance to participate in the revenue that's generated by that remix they make. And then we work with rights holders to pick the best remixes on YouTube and SoundCloud and upstream them to the uh, more profitable commercial DSPs like Spotify and Apple. So you wow. you you would um, solicit them to the to the streaming services, not the individual person who did the remix. That is correct. We're not actually granting a license to the remixer uh, to do what they want with the content. Uh, we're granting them the right to make the remix and distribute it through us. That way we can be sure that everyone gets paid properly and the uh, music is tracked properly. Let, let, let me ask you, Matt, how big is your catalog right now of songs? 100,000 tracks. We've, we've started licensing tracks less than six months ago, and we're at 100,000 tracks. And is it predominantly one genre versus another genre, or is it a little bit of everything? Well, it's a, it's a, I would say it's predominantly dance music plus a little bit of everything. We've got folk, we've got classical, uh, we've got world music. Uh, but in terms of explaining the opportunity in the remix world, you could imagine that people at dance music labels have an inherent understanding of the value sure, here. absolutely. Uh, and so our, our earliest adopters have been dance labels. Sure. But we're seeing more and more rock, classical, uh, Bollywood, and show tunes come through it's it's expanding by thousands of tracks a week and we've signed some of the biggest distributors in the world 
just in the last couple of weeks, we're still onboarding them. So I expect to see some more rock, some metal, and some country flowing in as well. Yeah, I imagine your experience with Beatport has probably helped you out a lot in that area, right? I mean, absolutely. As you mentioned, I joined Beatport as the COO. I, a year later, I became the CEO. Uh, we grew the business substantially while I was there. I'm a dance music guy at heart. I owned a house music label in Chicago in the 90s. And, and so I have a lot of those relationships. But also a lot, you know, in dance music, almost everyone who's famous right now got you know, got started generating their audience by making unofficial remixes. What, like the uh, David Geddes of the world, the Chainsmokers, uh, whatever? Chainsmokers, uh, uh, Kay Trinata, um, uh, Marshmallow, Skrillex have all done unauthorized remixes. So when you're talking to the people who run the labels that are in that business, you're really talking to people who make their own unofficial remixes for fun. And so they understand, they all understand the opportunity. Additionally, we built this technology that helps us identify where these remixes are online. Mm -hmm. YouTube content ID is an incredible piece of technology. Uh, uh, but it's not that great at finding highly altered pieces of music. And so we've built a technology uh, that we believe has uh, given us access to the world's greatest database of the location of remixes all over the internet. So we also can help labels monetize the remixing that's being done to their stuff right now and share directly to the UGC platforms. Uh, and, and that's really key. Labels really understand that they're not maximizing their revenue at YouTube in particular unless they use our technology to track that content down. Matt, Matt, let me. You mentioned that you won't clear an individual um, remix from somebody who created it, but mm -hmm. would you clear if an artist came to you and said, um, "Hey, I want to put my individual tracks up here. I don't have a label. I, you know, I control it all myself." Mm -hmm. Is that is that something that's feasible? Absolutely. Anyone who owns uh, the muse, the the underlying original music uh, can participate on our platform. So we've got unsigned artists that are uh, adding their catalog to our marketplace and promoting, uh, you know, people remixing their music right there. So you have a portal, for lack of a better term, for rights holders to, you know, kind of self service put their stuff up. Yeah, we have. Uh, uh, two different kinds of uh, promotional campaigns going on at all times. The first is uh, something we call Remix This, which is our weekly official remix competition program where we work with one of our favorite records of the week. Uh, and I'll give you guys an exclusive right now. On the 28th, we are uh, launching the new Moby single in partnership with him where we will be uh, promoting a remix competition with some great hardware and software prizes we also have something coming up with the groove cruise where the remi winning remixer is going to get to fly away to the groove cruise and perform uh there for fans on the groove wow. cruise and then we have something we call remix me which is a self-serve remix competition platform where anyone uh can come and post content they own and promote to their fans remixing of their music Wow. With, with the success of, let's say, Kendrick Lamar, would you be willing to take something that's not maybe popular mainstream, like a, a jazz album, 
and have folks work with it to remix it? Or does it have to be something that's kind of like Moby that's uh, a known quantity? I, I want everything. Uh, I think the most interesting remixes are, are made from um, music that people love, any music that, that people love. Uh, I mean, it would, be, it would be so incredible to have the Blue Note catalog. Uh, even the Sun Ra catalog would be pretty amazing. Um, so we look forward to expanding into, into all genres. One of the most commonly remixed genres on YouTube is country. Interesting. Is there, for, for an individual unsigned artist, because this is always what it comes down to for the, the young, new, up-and-coming artist, is there any fee? What, what, what do they have to do to get their music? Is it just a matter of signing up and there's no cost? It's just a matter of signing up. We don't charge anybody anything up front. Uh, not our uh, rights holder partners, not the remixers. Uh, we uh, are very transparent about how the economics of what we do works. 70% of every new dollar that comes in goes to the original rights holder. 15% of every new dollar that comes in goes to the remixer. And we take a 15% fee on each transaction. But it's only on incremental additional revenue. We don't charge anyone any fees. So the so the the fan could actually be making money off of this, the fan who does the remix. Absolutely, exactly. We call them fan remixes. Um, they start sometimes they start as bootleg or unofficial. Once they've been through the Metapop system, we call them fan remixes. And um, we think it's important to inspire creativity, inspire sharing, and promotion of this music. You know, in a world where people now get paid when a play occurs uh anyone who's out there promoting the playback of music on the paid platforms is effectively an affiliate yeah uh and so we uh um we we take uh the same share as we as that which we reserve for the remix well let me ask you this matt you know with a lot of remixes it's not like somebody just takes the cd and you know, put something on top of it. That a lot of them, they they have access to stems, or they have mm -hmm. access to, you know, maybe not individual drum tracks, for example, but they have the drums on a slider. They can pull the vocals out, or uh, you know, put the bass somewhere, or or isolate it. Mm -hmm. How how can you help folks to to do this to make their remixing um, easier? Because it sounds to me like if you're not already a remixer, you don't know the process. That could be kind of difficult. It is. So the, uh, there are a number of really cool uh, apps out there right now, including something called 8STEM that's coming out in the, a matter of weeks from Bruce Pavitt and Adam Farish. Bruce mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, at Sub Pop, uh, that are all about making this process of remixing, you know, easy and understandable. Um, we're, we're agnostic to how a remix gets made. Sure. But when we do these promotions, these remix competitions, uh, we give the stems away for free. Uh, for your listeners who may not know, the stems are effectively the master tracks, the isolated drums, isolated bass, frequently most important, the isolated melody and the isolated vocal. We give those away as part of our uh, promotions, but we don't make giving away the stems a requirement on our platform. Um, although remixing with stems uh, can be a little bit easier uh, to jump into, there are plenty of people doing amazing remixing uh, without the stems uh, and just sort of chopping things up into small sure. little bits and, and working with them. Uh, the I believe that the um, uh, the mashup you mentioned earlier that you really loved, I think is a go-home productions uh, 
uh, track. And uh, 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 if not, either way, Go Home Productions is just one of my favorite remixer and mashup artists in the world. And he works with a lot of stuff where he doesn't have the stems uh, really? and, still, and still makes some great things. Yeah, and and, 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 and I, I, I I wanted to jump real quick. So, if you're not for for I'm talking to our listeners, if you're not within the dance world right now or EDM, and you're you're a rock artist or a country artist, this whole concept of remixing might be foreign to you. Other than like when Jay mentioned, well, this mashup, we've all heard mashups where it's sort of taking two tunes, mashing them together, but remixing can be a lot more than just mashing two tunes together it can be literally as you talked about if you have access to the stems you could go in there and literally remix the song itself you can change the mix the the levels you could you could add your own guitars in if you wanted to you could add your own drums you could remove the vocals completely and turn it into an instrumental track so I guess for, for, for our listeners, I want them to be sure they understand that from a remix standpoint, it's a pretty wide open world. It's not just mashing Britney Spears with Metallica and making some song out of it. Uh, no, it's not. And in fact, one of the things we've, we've learned through our technology is that mashups, uh, while they're, they're known mainstream and you know, there are some people like DJ Earworm with millions of listeners who make incredible things, that that's actually an edge case. What we call the single song remix is really the most common type of remix online. I'm, I'm sitting here right now in the lobby of a hotel where just an hour ago they were playing somebody's unofficial remix of Sounds of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel, sure. uh, where they had removed all the instrumentation except the vocals and added their own drums and their own synthesizer patterns. And that's playing in the, in the lobby of a hotel. I think you can think about and just about any cla classic rock hit, uh, you know, since the mid-60s. And if you type in, say, Doors, Riders on the Storm remix into Google, you will find a remix of almost any song that's hit the top 40 in the last 40 years. Yeah. I think these things were kind of looked down upon years ago as, you know, substandard or... But I think now the they've reached a point where there's some really high quality remixes going on. And to me, it's art. They're creating mm -hmm. a new version of this. And I think people are accepting it more and more. And I think you're kind of positioning Metapop to be kind of, uh, you know, if not first in the space, certainly one of the first. And it seems to me that this is almost like you're covering um, the artist process, but also you're kind of a label and distributor to a certain degree, no? We, we are technically a label and a distributor in terms of us being the mechanism that, that distributes these remixes. Um, that's a necessity of us being able to make sure that everyone gets paid properly, which is a big one of the challenge, big challenges we're trying to resolve for people. Uh, but we don't sign artists like the way a label uh, would, uh, per se. Um, all, would all you the partner? Like you, you mentioned Sub Pop, for example, and I've worked mm -hmm. with Sub Pop, and, and I love those guys. Would you partner with a Sub Pop, a Blue Note, a Mac Avenue, whatever, to maybe do a broader kind of partnership, or is it really more case by case? Oh, I would love to do those kinds of partnerships. We just did something really interesting as a, 
uh, as a one-off with Cash Money Universal, mm-hmm. where uh, we ran a remix competition, and they're going to be releasing on Cash Money six remixes that were made by Metapop members. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so, you know, our, my, my goal is to unleash more creativity, avoid the takedowns, and that's, that's going to happen by making sure the right people get paid. That's and, right. and so if, if we need to be the distributor to make sure that happens, fine. If we can partner with someone else who's a trusted you know, quantity in the music business, then that's fine too. We just want to make sure that uh, the, the music doesn't get taken down and where there's any revenue that can be generated, that it's going to the right people. Wow. Are there any remixes, and, and I'm sure there, there have to be, like, are there a few that you would recommend that are kind of your favorites of the moment that I could go in and kind of check out or fans could kind of go in and check out? Like, what are the ones that you're they're kind of top of mind right now that you really like? I, I love this, uh, this, uh, this guy, Kill Paris, mm-hmm. uh, who, as a result of his unofficial remixing, got signed to Skrillex's label. Uh, he has done uh, a couple of really awesome Doobie Brothers remixes. Nice. Uh, he did a, a Ghostbusters remix that was so good it should have been the theme song to the last Ghostbusters movie, not the track they, they used. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's one of my favorites. Go Home Productions from uh, the UK is just amazing. He does everything uh, from the Beatles uh, to Willie Nelson. And that's really one that you think probably did the Uptight Maggie thing? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I'm sure he did one called Uptight Maggie, but, you know, sometimes in this space you've got multiple yeah. people coming up with the, the same great idea at the same time. Sure. Um, I'm a huge fan of a Los Angeles artist named Luxury with two X's, L-U-X-X-U-R-Y. Okay. Um, he's best known for uh, a Hotel California remix that um, ended up getting taken down. Uh, it was my experience of uh, talking with him about that uh, experience of his that really led me to thinking about how Metapop could solve this problem. So I love all the luxury remixes. And then there's a, a couple of, well, there's a bunch of great people on Metapop, but one of my favorites right now is a pair of guys from Russia called Continents with a K. Uh, and they've been doing amazing stuff on the Metapop, Metapop platform. We've had a few young people, most notably from Argentina and Brazil, win multiple remix competitions on Metapop. And I think we're going to see in the next couple months the first Metapop star, where someone is really broken out because of their work with us, and they'll get signed to another indie label. And that's, a, that's an important comment about how we're different than other labels, is that we don't sign these artists exclusively. They, they can work on the Metapop platform for their remixes, and we really hope many of them have their dreams realized by getting signed to a bigger yeah. label. I smell a Metapop festival, you know, because especially with EDM, <laughs> yeah. you know, those festivals are, if you haven't seen one or been to one, I know you have, but for the viewers and listeners, they're ridiculous. And uh, that could be massive. I would love to see that. I, I think personally, I would, I'm, um, I'm more of a small club kind of guy i like a nice dark room with a a base cabinet and minimal lighting um i'd love to be doing some events here in la i think we'll do some before the end of the year we're gonna have a small party in amsterdam around ade what i I think what i'd really like to see is see metapop artists get a chance to be at other people's festivals really have breakout careers because metapop facilitates you know the beginning of them 
uh, being creative and generating an audience. Um, and I, you know, I think the day, um, you know, a meta pop user breaks through and gets to be at electric Daisy carnival is going to be a very, very proud day for me. Are you having a good response from say the publishing companies? I mean, are there any real roadblocks here? I know it takes time because these rights are spread out over a lot of different companies, but how is that process going? It's been going really well. I, you know, cause I've worked with the major publishers and the major labels for a lot of years now. And before we launched, I made sure to go out to everyone I knew and tell them how I saw this opportunity and how I wanted to uh, attack this challenge. I've never worked anywhere that was building a startup business based on stealing from, you know, these major content owners. I've always sure. been about helping them make money. I believe musicians deserve to get paid for their work. And so no one has told me I'm crazy. The sales cycle of getting major publishers and major labels on board can take a very long time. Um, what we're seeing is the major companies experiment with us on a one-off basis by doing these remix competitions and seeing how it goes. A bigger blockage isn't really the companies themselves. At this point, the major labels and the major publishers, they need revenue, right? You know, revenue is decreasing in the More recorded music ever. space. Yeah. Yes. And so... Almost all of them are like, great, how can I get this done? It's actually the, the, the talent uh, who uh, sometimes is less comfortable with the idea of just anybody out there remixing their work, which yeah. I com completely understand. That's why our platform is voluntary. I would um, think especially with older artists you know, who want their album to be a piece of work and they don't want it altered, maybe a little bit less with newer artists because they're growing up in an era where remixing is prevalent. You know, I, I absolutely agree going into this. It was my assumption that that's how it would play out. But I've actually seen it go both ways. I've seen older musicians who have seen their, their catalog sales collapse, as you could imagine, over the last 10 years, uh, be really excited about a new revenue opportunity. And I've seen new artists who love remixes but want to make sure the only remixes out there are ones that they themselves have approved. Um, so... I, you know, I don't begrudge anybody saying no to Metapop. I, I understand. Um, but we're seeing more and more people come on board. It's gotten, I mean, so much easier in the last six months. Our, our first month, I think we maybe signed, you know, 300 tracks. Uh, and now we get, you know, uh, several thousand new ones a week, you know, coming through the system. So it's all scaling uh, pretty quickly. Matt, uh, but there are some new artists who, who aren't into it, which is fine. Matt, let me yeah. ask you, so kind of, um, dovetailing on that that topic right there, if an artist says yes, my mm -hmm. music is up there, it can be remixed, it can be mashed up. Does the artist still have the ability to say, "Wait a second, I don't like that mashup. It turned my music into something that I detest. It changed mm -hmm. the message." Can they then take it? Can they still take it down? Only in some cases through us. And so I'll, I'll explain that to you. So it's really important that people not put their time and energy into a creative work that's going to get taken down, right? We're trying to remove complexity and pain points in this system. So when a piece of music is made available for remixing through Metapop, the rights holder is pre-approving SoundCloud and YouTube only for any remix that is made. There's only two kinds of of remixes we will reject and neither of these have actually ever happened but we don't allow for hate speech 
So if someone wanted to turn a Kendrick Lamar record into a Donald Trump uh, promotional, that's, a, that's sort uh, of exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, is what if we won't allow that? Won some, what if some remixer, you know, used the music for a purpose that the artist was just blatantly against? Right. So we block. Uh, we will block. Although again, it's never happened yet. We will block um, hate speech and we will block uh, commercial speech. So my platform is not meant for Coca-Cola to come in and make a jingle on the cheap either, right? Um, so we block those two types of things. Other than that, you know, we're not, we're, we're, we're living in a world right now where it's not about, like, does, does the original owner think it's a good remix, quote, unquote. However, the next layer, the, the distribution to the commercial DSPs like Apple and Spotify, that is gated by the original rights holder, and they pick and choose which ones go up. So right now, we have about a 10% conversion rate to the commercial DSPs, meaning uh, about 10% of all the remixes that have been made on our platform have been approved by rights holders and upstream to Spotify and Apple and Beatport. Uh, but the 90% uh, uh, of them exist on YouTube and SoundCloud. And for most remix creators... They make these remixes so that they can build an audience and reach their fans. And just knowing that they can put it up on YouTube and SoundCloud and share a link and that link won't break is a real move in the right direction for the remixers. Okay. Okay. You know, it, 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 it's good to know. It's good to know because I can imagine, especially I think uh, my feeling is some of the older, well-established artists um, want to maintain control over how their music is used. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I've tried to simplify that down to the two biggest issues that I've seen come up over the years. You know, hate speech and commercial speech. Yep. yep. Uh, and I think, you know, this is a complicated problem. You guys know this. There's a bunch of different rights holders. There's a bunch of different stakeholders. Sure. Then you've got young people all over the world who might be in, in Russia or Guam, you know, mi you know mixing up a record and, and posting it to these UGC platforms that exist under Safe Harbor. Uh, there's a lot of moving pieces here. And, and we think at Metapop that the reason we've had such great traction in the last six months is because we've so simplified the process. There's no negotiation. There's only one financial split. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. I totally understand. And there's only um, limited reasons we would block a piece of creativity. Fair enough. Hey, you, Matt, you've talked you talked about how you're going to have a, a Moby single coming up here. But how about for the the listeners who are unsigned, unknown, up and coming artists? What would be, what's an interesting remix promotion you've seen somebody do? I've seen so people uh, will put up a remix uh, me do DIY uh, remix competition on our platform. We offer those tools for free. There are a lot of other places online that charge for those tools. We just offer them for free, and uh, they promote to their fans, their constituents. You know, come remix this track. Here are the stems for free, and the the, the number one thing. Uh, uh, an aspirational dance music creator or remixer wants as a commercial release, right? They want the the um, the bragging rights of saying my remix is on Beatport, my remix is on Spotify. Right. And when um, uh, an unknown artist or a small independent label promotes a remix competition and promises that a certain volume of the remixes will see commercial release, 
that drives a tremendous amount of uh, remixing behavior around that track. It also helps the independent artist or the independent label uh, create more music for their catalog. Um, so I think the most interesting thing an unsigned artist or a, uh, a small indie label can do is set up a remix competition and say, uh, our 10 favorite remixes will get commercial releases. And you will have just an incredible amount of support from uh, your base of fans. And especially if you can promise uh, different genres, like tell people we'll pick two EDM remixes and two trip-hop remixes and one hip-hop remix and one ambient remix, uh, that really sparks creativity for people. And remixers are creative people. A lot of them are young guys and gals sitting in their basement or their bedroom making stuff. And anything you can do to just spark their creativity and get more remixes made, especially for an unsigned artist, the more remixes that are out there of your track, the more chances you have of people hearing you for the first time. Yeah, I think this is a natural for, you know, Apple Music's new curator program. I would love to see Metapop have, you know, a, a voice there. Um, mm -hmm. Do you have a Spotify uh, playlist with some of these remixes that people can subscribe to? Uh, that's uh, funny that you ask. We just began that process yesterday. Right now, if you simply search Spotify for Metapop, you'll see our whole catalog. Uh, okay. But I think later today we've got um, uh, an awesome guy in our office who just started building playlists. There are playlists on SoundCloud and YouTube today, uh, and we're adding uh, Spotify and Apple. Uh, I mean, just just talked about it yesterday. Good. Well, ha you know, feel free to send us those links. I would love to kind of share those with with folks, and uh, I'm looking forward to kind of digging through there too. I think all of this is. Uh, it's it, as you think about it, you're thinking, well, why wasn't this done before? This makes perfect sense. But I think the bottom line is, you know, it's hard to get the rights to these things mm -hmm. after, especially after the fact. I mean, if License to Ill was, you know, today, that record never would get made. Right. You know? And look at look at De La Soul's first album, which still isn't available anywhere anymore uh, because of uncleared uh, samples. Um, and. Uh, you know, I understand the mechanics of how all this works, and I think a lot of people haven't tried to attack this problem yet because it's hard. Um, but the reward in terms of being able to inspire people to be creative is so high, I just couldn't resist trying. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it, and I can't wait to kind of dig in and, and hear what you're, you're up to. And, and hopefully you'll see some more of this growth that you've seen recently. Um, there are so many opportunities here, and it's really in its infancy, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, this this behavior of making remixes is growing exponentially. It used to be really expensive to have the right hardware and software to do this. The barriers to entry have been reduced to almost nothing. You could use your parents' laptop in the kitchen and some free software and download some stems and, and have at it. Um uh, the video games Rock Band and Guitar Hero basically by accident ended up releasing a lot of sure, stems upon they, the world. Right, they created a lot of those, right? Those stems. Uh, and, yeah, and, and so there are a lot more stems out there. You see more and more labels, uh, both promotionally and commercially, releasing stems. Even, I think there was a Bob Dylan record last year that made some stems available in a, in a mobile app for people to play with. Uh, any At this point, Anything, I think, that helps create more engagement that is monetizable with music 
is is something every artist and, and rights holder should be uh, considering. Uh, and uh, there's just we see thousands of remixes uploaded every day to the UGC platforms. Uh, I'm sure that will be tens of thousands in just a few short years. Uh, the behavior is growing, and and we think we can really help make that behavior more seamless for people and more profitable for the people who wrote the original songs. Awesome. Matt, 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 where, where can people find all this online? Where are you guys online? We're at metapop.com, M-E-T-A-P-O-P.com. But metapop.com, while there is, you can go there and listen to a few of our favorite remixes. Our, we really are a, a back-end uh, rights system. And the, you know, the, anybody's favorite place to go listen to music, if it's Tidal, if it's Deezer, if it's Amazon, YouTube, SoundCloud, you can search for Metapop right now and find thousands of Metapop member remixes. Our goal is not to compete with the consumer listening platforms. Our goal is to help remixers and rights holders get these remixes onto those platforms and make them profitable. Awesome. Matt, thank you. Th th thank you for joining us. This is uh, this is exciting. Any anything that's another revenue stream mm -hmm. um, is is great in my mind. It may not work for every artist, but as long as there's just another another revenue stream to evaluate and consider, uh, that's great. Yeah, thank you. It's it's so great to see you guys. Um, uh, your listeners may not know, but I can see you now, uh, and uh, uh, it's just it's wonderful to talk to you. It's 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 nice to see guys like you sharing your experience with so many people. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, thanks for your time. Thank, Matt. Thanks, that Matt. Was awesome. It's just my pleasure. I hope to talk to you guys again you, soon. You bet. I hope so. Take okay. care. Bye. That was that was fun. That's exciting. Like I said, anything that's another revenue stream. It may not work for every artist, but I think every artist needs to at least stop and go, can I use remixing in my Try release it. strategy? Can does it fit? It may not work. You may evaluate it at the end and go, you know what? My fans just don't give a crap about remixing. They're not going to do this. But at least consider this because this is how you kind of hit upon an idea and go, wow, that might actually work for this single. Sure. Let's put this out here. Let's yeah. see what happens. And as long as there's no upfront cost for you to do this, yeah. you really yeah, have nothing maybe to your lose. Fans, maybe your fans don't get into remixes, but the fans of other genres may like your music remixed in with theirs if you're open to that. And I think the timing is right. I don't know if this would have flown five years ago. You know, I think now with the way the industry's turned, the, to your point, they're looking for every possible revenue stream they can get. And this makes sense now. And now remixes have become so mainstream. They're on every popular album, remixes, mashups. You, you can't avoid them. They're everywhere. And I think this particular platform could be really a great tool uh, for a DIY artist as well as a very established artist. And I think they're going to see competition. You know, once people see how uh, great this is and how successful it is and will become, I think you'll see, you know, more competition. And I want Matt to succeed, but I also want there to be more and more competition to give more and more attention to these artists. 
Exactly, exactly. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to put on my thinking cap and, you know, brainstorm to see if a couple of my clients might fit with this. Um, you know, it could, be a, it could be a challenge with some classic rock artists. But again, I think he's got a platform here that at least is legitimately monetizing it. So if something does happen, you are going to make money from this. Yeah, and I think the splits are fair. I mean, he was saying that 70% of their revenue is paid out to the rights holders. That's the same as Spotify and Apple Music. You know, that's a, a pretty, you know, industry standard now. So good for them. Yeah, yeah. So I would love to hear from any of our listeners who have who have made remixes part of their release strategy, part of their marketing plan. Um, how'd you do it? What What was your... What was the response to it? How did it work out for you? What you know? Were you pleased with it? Um, let me know. And uh, you know whether you did it through EDM or dance or country or rock, I don't care. I'm just I'm interested in hearing feedback from people who may have done remixes. Yeah. Let us know. Good leave, conversation. Leave, 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 leave comment on Facebook, YouTube, wherever we 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 pick them all up. So. Until uh, until next week, Music Biz Weekly Podcast, we're out of here.